mean old Mr. Jennings is coming to share with you this morning. So, somebody told me between services and they were right. We all tell me this, just say, slow down. Okay. A um, couple of things. Thank you to Nora and Nacelle for being willing to give their time to, and their property to film the little skit. <clears throat> Another thing is that bread makes me hungry. And there's some good eats out in the foyer. Uh, there's 16 folks going to Mexico in December this year. And the bake sales to help provide some of the funds. So as you're going out, if you got a dollar or two, buy some goodies. I hear they're not just sweets, but they're savory treats as well. So do that. And then I would be remiss. I know they're probably going to watch today, so I need y'all to be really loud. Pastor Ronnie and Miss Margaret are on a respite and just refreshing and renewing. So can everybody say, we love you? Oh, that was weak. Can you tell them we love you, Pastor? And they'll be back with us in the house next week. Um, if you would, let's stand and uh, read our text today. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a leaven, which a woman took and worked into three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Amen. You may be seated. So when we got our email from Pastor earlier in the year, Pastor Ronnie, and telling us who would be speaking when and the topics we had. The, the first topic I had was the, the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, and I thought, man, this is going to be hard. I mean, this is not a fun parable, but there were 16 verses. I mean, there were a lot of things, so there was stuff I could pull from, and I ended up going, man, this is too much. And then I get to this one in October, and he gave me one verse, one, <laughs> and I went, Lord, I got to talk for 30 minutes? What am I going to talk about for 30 minutes out of one verse? Don't ask God those questions because he finds ways. But we come to today, and it's not just today. We've been culminating and building to this point. It started a few weeks ago. I was out of the house on September 9th when Pastor Kevin shared, but he had the passages about judging and not to judge and how to judge and so I had to watch that on the live stream, which I'm grateful we have. And I'm going to tell you, man, it, it just ripped me when we got to the back end of his message, which was so strong. And then to the, to the visual of you guys holding up your rocks and then coming to this space. And I'm so grateful for Pastor Barbie for opening and sharing what she said a while ago about this space. This isn't just an open reserved holy piece of carpet that nobody can come. This is for everybody. But when Pastor Kevin invited us down and we, we gave our rocks up, man, that was so powerful to me. And then Pastor Ronnie talked about the wheat and the tares and, and, and they grow together and, and they wanted to separate them. He said, he'll handle that. Hey, we're, we're living. Some of us are wheat and some of us are tares. Some of us don't know we're tares. We think we're wheat. And we're growing together. But man, it's so great that it's God's responsibility to separate. It's not ours. Let's just keep growing. And what I loved about Pastor's example in that parable is when he was talking about at the end, he said where this parable stops is that in the parable, the tares are thrown into the fire and there's no hope for those tares. 
But if you're a tear or a weed right now, there's a hope for us. Because God can take those tares and turn them into wheat and make them life-sustaining. And then he shared about a mustard seed, and he started talking about the small things. The most insignificant. Have you looked at a mustard seed lately? We read, we read the story, and we listened last the other week. I had the opportunity to teach third and fourth graders. If you haven't done that, you need to pray. And consider teaching third and fourth graders, or teach any child's class. It's great. They teach you things, but through a course of events that happened with our accident and things like that, I didn't have my materials, so I had to go on the fly, and we went, I went and bought potting soil and seeds, and we planted seeds last week in third and fourth grade class, and they're going to watch them grow, and we talked about the faith and the growth of their life, that it takes time, and that was one of the things that Pastor Ronnie shared, that it's like a man planting the seed and with time. Does it happen overnight? Mr. Jennings was a mean old buzzard. I mean, he, he was mean and he yelled a lot. But it took time of love and care and concern for Mr. Jennings before it eventually worked into his heart and it permeated like the yeast. Then Pastor Barbie last week, man, I thought I'd forgiven some people in my life. I thought I had until she had to get up. Till the Holy Spirit got up through her. Because she challenged us with that. And the premise for me came down to this. It's not about lip ascension. It's heart ascension. I can say I forgive you all day long. I remember my kids were little. And Jeremy was always an instigator. Who figures? And he'd pick on Chelsea. Now, granted, she'd give as good as she got. But he would do something to aggravate her and pick on her and hurt her. Tell your sister you're sorry. Sorry. About that much emotion. Tell your sister you're sorry and mean it. I'm sorry. Still didn't mean it. Because 10 minutes later, he's at it again. That was Pastor Barbie's message to me last week. When she got there and said, you can see that person, good gracious, it's like, Lord, stop. Because it wasn't one. There were three or four people God kept going, you know that guy? You know that girl? And I had to get it from here to here to make it count. So as I'm preparing for this week, these last four or five weeks have just been a a building in my life, and some events have happened. Some things have happened in my life. And I'm sitting here going, well, I'm not isolated. It's not just my life. Other people are living too. So I'm assuming that in a room this size, things have been happening in some of your lives in the last few weeks. Some good, some so-so, maybe some not so good, maybe some doctor's reports. Maybe like that song we sang, maybe there's some family hardships. Maybe there's some struggles in the mind. And so as I read this passage and it talked about the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman takes and folds into measures of flour and with time it permeates and it affects the whole lump. 
In that particular passage, did you know that yeast or leaven is mentioned, I didn't, 39 times in the Bible, 22 in the Old Testament, 17 in the New. And who would you think would be the first person to introduce yeast in the New Testament? Be Jesus in this occurrence. This same occurrence is recorded in Luke 13 as well. And it comes after the feeding of the multitude and they're going through. And so they get together and he uses this because they understand it as part of their culture. Bread was the sustenance of life. And so they understood about bread and baking and the, the infectiousness of the yeast in the bread. But in the other four occurrences that Jesus introduces yeast or leaven, they're all in negative context. He's, be, he's, he's warning them or foreboding about being aware of the leaven of hypocrisy in the Pharisees. But here, the very first occurrence, the very first time he shares about it, it's a positive thing. And he's sharing about yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like that. Such a small thing can impact such a greater good. Some things about yeast that you probably don't know, unless you're a baker, unless you're people like Rhonda and where's my other bakers, right? Angie Bashirs, these bakers, they know about stuff like that. Did you know that dry active yeast is a living organism? It's a thing. It's an organism. It's alive. And to activate that yeast, it takes two things. It takes air, exposure to air, it takes exposure to water. When those things are incorporated with it, the enzymes of the yeast become active and begin to affect the culture in which it's placed. Do you know that this church, and then the church, when I say the church, the body of Christ, do you know that we're not a beautiful facility? in brick and mortar? Do you know that we're not a storefront? We're not a location or a site, but we are a living organism? And do you know that we are affected by two things? The breath of God, the air, the ruah breath of God, when he speaks into our life, and the water of the Holy Spirit. And when those two things interact with us, do you realize that there should be a reaction within our spirit that affects change into the culture of the thing that we're placed into? And it's a good thing, Jesus says. See, some of us work in places and we think, I just happen to have this job at this place. Do you understand that God put you into that culture to affect that culture? Do you know there's a mean Mr. Jennings in your work office or Mrs. Jennings? Students, young people, do you know that you're in your school? You're not just in your school because you live in a particular district. You're in your school because God has chosen to put you into a culture to change it for his but I'm insignificant. I'm just a sixth grader. I'm an eighth grader. I'm a fifth. God has chosen you and he has placed you in a particular classroom. You're not just in that teacher's class because your name ends in a certain letter. God has put you there 
to change that class. Maybe that teacher, maybe some faculty. Teachers, if you're a teacher, you might be at that school to change the administration. That neighbor that you live beside, I'm not going to call neighbors, I have a bunch. You didn't just get that house because it was a good deal. God put you there. Your boundaries have fallen in pleasant places. And you've lived by that neighbor for years and you've seen no change. There's still that grumpy, mean old Mr. Jennings. But are you an agent of change? Are you allowing the breath of God, the word of God, and the water of the Holy Spirit in your life to change you from the inside so that you can change their culture? When there's sickness in their home, if they've had death, if they're going through struggles, are you the neighbor that brings something, sends a card, shares a word? Would you be amazed how much a simple smile can impact somebody's day? A smile. It takes more muscles to frown than to smile. A simple smile can change somebody's day. The words that we use as a salutation now rather than a prophetic word, God bless you, can change someone's life in a moment. If we'll use it, those small things in the world. Another thing about yeast is, oddly enough, it has a shelf life. Dry active yeast, if it's from the time that it's packaged, if it's stored properly and unopened, will last for two years, live, because it's an organism, for two years. We have a shelf life. The Scripture tells us that man has three score and ten years and the righteous ten more. Roughly 80 years. Some of us are near our expiration date. Some of us are just starting. But we have a limited time on this earth to affect the kingdom of God. You have impact. You matter. I told people this morning in first service, I'm a big boy. I mean, I'm a big boy. But there are moments in my life, seasons, and I know I'm gregarious, I know I'm boisterous, and I seem like I'm all fun and games. But there are times that I just feel so... just insignificant. What, what good does anything I do matter? Who am I affecting? What, what does anything I do matter? I'm assuming in a room this size that I'm not the only one because we have things in common. I'm assuming some of you, you may feel that at time to time. What does my life matter? I don't have a best friend. I don't have a circle I don't have this group in my life, and I feel so small and insignificant. But can I tell you, you matter. If you're in this room, you matter to me. You matter to the person beside you. You matter, young people, to these older people. You matter to these young people. Barbie said it well ago, we're family. We're not just a bunch of people that come and sit in a room. We're a family. My family lives in South Carolina, but my family is right here. 
I look forward to Sundays. I look forward to trunk or treats and, and outings that we do because I want to be with you. And when you're not here, it affects me. And if I'm not here, it affects you. You matter to this body. We can't be the effective agent in this community without you. If you look around the room, there's empty seats. That means there are people that need you. I read in a magazine two weeks ago that the largest amount of growth in churches today is transfer growth. It's, it's church shopping. It's sheep going from fold to fold. That's not God's heart. God's heart is people and souls. It's conversion is what we're looking for. We need to be the agent of change in our schools and in our classrooms and in our workplaces, in our communities, so that we're permeating them with the life of God, the breath of God, the action of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that they will see over time and we'll see conversions of people. There are stories in this room where God, they, they, they became Christians and started coming here. We need more of that. And I began to get convicted because I went, God, am I, am I old yeast? Because the other thing about yeast is once it's opened, once it's exposed to air and, and, and water, it starts to die. It, it can be used for good and make change, but if it's opened and left use less, then it begins to die. And it begins to get darker. How many of us have our perspective darkened over the years? And the light of God has dimmed. And we, we have a misperception of things. And then it starts to clump together. Isn't it amazing how people start clumping together in certain situations, good or bad? But one of the biggest things is before it starts to darken and clump, it looks just like good yeast. But it's already lost its power to change. It's lost its ability to create or infuse a change into the culture in which it is. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Sometimes I feel like I've lost that ability. But where our parable, just like Pastor Ronnie's with the wheat and the tares, where that demarcation comes is unlike yeast, the more of air, the Word of God we get, the Word, the breath of God that's infused in our life, the more of the water of the Holy Spirit that begins to infuse our lives, we have the opportunity, instead of decaying and becoming useless, becoming more powerful and becoming more, more active to create change. So the challenge then is this. Like Pastor Clopas said a couple of weeks ago, allowing the Word, the powerful Word of God, to activate in my life, to giving over to the Holy Spirit and allowing the washing of the Word and the Holy Spirit to change my life that I can be more active. Here's the thing. I was at a meeting a couple of Tuesdays ago for North Rutherford County. 
and I misquoted the stat, so I'll say it correctly in this service. In the last five years alone in Rutherford County, suicide rate has increased 32%. In the last five years, the suicide rate has increased 32%. There's a culture that needs an injection of life in it. In this county alone, worship team, if you'll get ready, The kingdom of God, the scripture says, Paul tells us, it's not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. There are people that you know that need the righteousness of God in their lives. And you are the agent to deliver that because we are righteous in Christ. And you have that opportunity to bring the righteousness of God into their life. There are people that we know, if you'll just play softly, there are people that we know that have no peace at all. Their minds are in chaos and turmoil. They go to bed and they can't even sleep at night because of the anxiety and the anguish that they go through. Lying in a bed, they're made or they may be laying alone. And their, their eyes may be closed, but in their mind, chaos is running wild and there's no peace. We're agents of peace. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. And Jesus himself told us, he said, my peace I give you. Listen, Alan's peace is useless. Your peace is useless. But the peace of God that passes all understanding can change a life. It can calm a turbulent heart. It can bring peace to a troubled soul. And you may be that agent. You may be that yeast of peace in a culture to change somebody. Joy. I'm not talking about happiness. That's fleeting. I can be happy today and sad tomorrow because of South Carolina getting beat. Who cares? But I can have joy everlasting and full of glory. Listen, two Wednesdays ago, my wife and daughter were in an accident that had God not intervened, could have taken one of their lives or injured them greatly. And I could still be up here and I may be a mourning father or a mourning husband at the moment, but I can still have the joy of the Lord because I know where they would be. But my heart breaks because a young man who was 16 and doped up and had dope and scales in his car, he's the one that hit him and then he drove away because he was scared. He thought he had killed somebody is what he told the officer. So he was gone for about 35 minutes. And he drove around, he pitched all his stuff except the scale. He forgot the scale. And then he went home and he was panicked and his dad told him, you got to get back to the accident scene. And he came back and we were still there. The cops told us to stay away. And they went over and did their stuff and they were going to arrest the kid. And he's got a bunch of stuff that's going to change that kid's life. <laughs> Talking to you. 
16 years old. 16. And his life has changed now. Because of a decision in a moment. But it's not just a decision made in a moment. It was decisions that led up to that moment. What decisions are we making that affect us for a lifetime? Don't succumb to peer pressure. Don't do it because everybody's doing it. If you're not, everybody's not doing it. Be the one, be the yeast, be the one that will change a culture that will change your classroom, that will change your school, that will change your community. Be the one. And us older ones whose shelf life is coming to an end. We still have a gift within us. Paul tells us about spiritual gifts that he gives at will. You have gifts that he wants to use. And you've been open and you've been exposed, but yet you're on the shelf and you're not using the gift. Use the gift. Give a word of faith. Give a word of prophecy to somebody. Just a smile to somebody. Be the change. Be the yeast. I'm guilty. I'm preaching to me. I've been preaching to me for three weeks. They're going to play a song that we played just before I came out. And this song has wrecked me for three days, two days. When did you give it to me? Thursday. It's on my phone and it's on loop. I just play it. I need you. This body needs you. Your work needs you. Your school needs you. Your neighbor needs you. This community needs you. God needs you. He needs you. He needs you so much that He gave His only Son so that He could have relationship because that's who our Father is. He doesn't want bricks and mortar and programs and stuff. He wants relationship. He wants family. He wants us to be bonded together. And we're growing in that. But it can't just be us. That mean Mr. Jennings needs you. That 16-year-old boy needs me. There's somebody. And if you reach one, they can reach one. And we can see a revival of souls in this community and in this county. I'm sick of red and blue and left and right. I'm sick of this stuff. The world system is not going to work. The only thing that works is the kingdom of God. And he said it's like yeast that a woman puts in the dough. And over time it permeates and it changes it. Will we be willing to be inserted into uncomfortable places? Will we be willing to be used and get out of our comfort zone so that he can over time change? Because the yeast doesn't die when it's in the bread. It doesn't go in and die. It goes in and changes. And then it's consumed and it brings life. Will you be broken? Will you let it break off in you and give somebody the bread of life and let them eat at the table? I'm going I'm to stretch this morning. I've got to stop. I'm going to stretch it. 
broken people can't heal broken people. Joyless people cannot bring joy to those who are despair. A righteous, unrighteous cannot bring righteousness. This morning, wherever you're at, you may be fine and I praise God for you. And if you are, I need you because I'm not. I need you because I'm not. I'm going to ask those that are going to serve the communion to come. And as a body this morning, if you're able, I know we have visitors, you don't have to feel compelled. But if you're able, because brokenness is not a bad thing. It is if you're broken by the world's standards. If somebody said or done or created something to bring brokenness, that's bad and that's garbage from the pit of hell. But to be broken before God, He can use that. He says, no way, I'll cast it aside. And He won't take His Holy Spirit from somebody that's broken and contrite in Him. So this morning, if you're able, we invite you to come and participate with the communion. But here's where I'm going to ask you to stretch. This is a holy place. And Pastor said it so eloquently. When the veil was ripped open, it gave access. There is a whole different dynamic sitting there in prayer and being here in prayer. There's just something about us coming together as a body. So as you come, Father, we just thank you for the brokenness of Christ. We thank you for the bread and the blood that it represents and what it will do. And Father, I thank you that there are those here that are broken that need mending. There are those here in despair and anguish and no hope that need peace. And there are those that need joy for their mourning. So Lord, as we come and we partake, we, we are going to stay in your presence, God, and allow you to heal and minister to us as a body. Come forward, take the elements. I invite you to stay. I invite you to stay. If you need some of my elders, if you'll come down too, those who will pray. And let's just pray with one another. Let's embrace one another and love one another in this space. And then let's go from this place, agents of change, and change for the kingdom.